Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Boys in the Barrio. Today, I have a special guest with me. It's been hard getting both of us together because of um, father duty. Yeah, life, man. Life. Life. And he has a lot of things, upcoming things coming. So, it is my pleasure to welcome Robert Hodge to Boys in the Barrio. Thank you for joining me, man. Thank you, man. I'm a boy from the hood, man. I know, man. And uh, still here, man. Long story short, I'll say how, how I how I met you. I, you probably didn't know this, but well, for the for the people listening, I met you through Donkey Boy. Yes. And but before that, actually he had taken me to um I don't know when when was this, but there was a it was a while back. You did like a, a gallery. It was at um the Houston Museum of uh Oh, it was the CAM, the Contemporary Arts Museum. Yes, that yeah, one. Yeah, Detroit Rebuild. Yes, yes, yes. You're yeah. doing your thing, and um, and and Donkey will tell me, yeah, that's Robert Hodge, you know. And I I felt amazed, man, because I I had never to know somebody that so close, mm-hmm. you know, that I could literally probably just go up to and talk to and be in those places was dope. It opened up my mind to something else, man. So I was. I man, was, I'm so glad you said it because that's all. That's all I ask, man, is that people know. And we all here human, and we all can do it. And that was that was big for me to get in that space too, and be my authentic it was self. Dope, and not man. make work, you know, make make work about the the deepness of hip hop, and you know, break the stereotype of how hip hop can have a conversation in the art world. It's, it's super conceptual, man. These, these these guys are poets. I'm glad Kendrick got that award because it was needed, man. Like these these guys are our modern day Shakespeare's, and you know. Langston Hughes, and so it's just good to take their lyrics and then, you know, be able to make artwork from it. So, yeah, man, thanks for saying that. That was a dope experience, like I said. And then uh, getting to know you on the Donkey Show and stuff, um, usually right there we're restricted on time. So that's why I really, I was like, man, there, I feel there's so much more I can find out about this guy. And yeah, I really man. Want to meet I love you it. And I love it. So Not I really, appreciate I you coming. You, man. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, man. So to get started, I wanted to give, uh, I wanted to get to know you a little bit better. If you could tell us your background a little bit, where you come from, where you grew up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm a Houstonian, man. I grew up in a neighborhood called Third Ward, man. It's on the southeast side of Houston, and um, Third Ward has a rich history of a lot of entertainers, a lot of politicians, preachers, man. You know, um, and it's like the Harlem of, you know, of Houston, in my, in my opinion, you know. Um, but Houston has a lot of special neighborhoods, but this one just you know, it's cultivated a lot of, a lot of uh, people that we love, man. Like, I don't want to name drop, you know, but you know, Beyonce just dropped a new record with Jay, so it's like easy. you gotta always shout out. I mean, we got so many greats, man. <laughs> so many that neighborhood was just, it was just cool to, you know, be around all these different folks that did different things, man. It was kind of really encouraging. And then you had the other side that was like just super street, man. So you had to always be on your toes, you know. So it gave me a, you know, a, a clear view of how the world works, you know. I'm from a neighborhood, well, I'm sure you heard of it, Second Ward, which is right Absolutely. on the other side. Absolutely. The two similarities between these neighborhoods is how they're being gentrified now. Absolutely. And the architecture. Yes. I mean, they, they, those houses look the same. It looks like Third Ward when I'm in East End. How, how, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about watching the neighborhood you grew up in change? Yeah, I, I think it's part of it's, it's, it's part of nature, man. It happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't even think it's, honestly, man, it's not all racial, man. It's all about real estate and, and you know when and folks that are capitalists man they don't they don't they don't think about hey man i'm moving somebody out of somebody's this place they don't care it's like it's downtown your job is two miles away you can take the train there you know it's biking you you you're in the city you buy um what's the park downtown the big one now they do all the free concerts not discovery emancipation green. discovery green you know all these things are around and so it's convenience and so that makes people want to come and then we have what three to four thousand people moving here a day so where, where are they going? They don't want to live out of the sub. They want to live in the city, man. And so 
naturally, if you don't own, if you're renting, I mean, you get pushed out. And I think it's one of those things where I think both communities could be more educated on it, right? Absolutely. I think that's where it, it, it's lack of education on that. How you should be trying to purchase your house rather Absolutely. than renting, right? Or you know, you should you should try the best to be stay where you're at, you know. But it, it, the thing I've noticed in our neighborhood is that they come and make, they make these big offers to people that already own houses, mm-hmm. and our people have never seen that type of money, yeah. man. So they're yeah. just like, yeah. When in reality, you know, your property is probably worth more than way that. more. Yeah, and so, it's and it's pride of your neighborhood. You know, a lot of a lot of folks in the like late two thousands started coming up on great jobs, and they decided to leave where they were from. And they moved out to Pearland and Sugarland, and you know that's fine. But you left all these houses that you could have came in and lived in for way cheaper, and, and developed this kind of economy. But they they chose not to. I mean, because you know that was that was a cool thing. That was a trendy thing to do at that time. Move out to the suburbs. You got these like community centers. You got the the mall, the movies, all the food around there. So it's really convenient. But then, you know, trends change, and so now it's back. It's cool to be back in the city. You know, living in a condo, living in a loft, and so. You know, it's, it's also a trend following, man. So yeah, right now it's a trend of, you know, being be in the city. And that unfortunately means you moving people out the hood. Yeah. And it's a harsh reality. It's a harsh reality, man. But they always do it to artists. Artists yeah. always got to move and make a new spot cool. Like that's what artists do too. But I appreciate what you said that it's not always a racial thing. Because yeah. sometimes they could get very confused with nah, for sure. being a racial thing. But it's not. I mean, if you had the well, money, you know they racial. They ain't scared. They ain't scared of being the hood. I see the I see the dude jog at four in the morning with his right? three dogs. And he know he don't look worried at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being my real. brother came from out of town a while back, and he he said uh, he was coming uh, from a family member's house. Like at two in the morning through second ward, he's like he he saw a dude running, and he's like. Hey man, you couldn't be able to use. You didn't used to be nah, able to do that. But it's now, be shocking. Yeah, and it's different now. But in a way, I mean, I think it for future generations. I mean, it's good to see the change, right? So. Yeah, but you know, I realize people of color have always been loving. I was talking about that today. We always been compassionate. At any moment of time, even during the sixties, fifties, a white family could move into a black neighborhood. It couldn't happen the other way around. But we always been like, as long as you don't bother us, we don't bother you. Even you know, me moving to Second Ward, it was it was no problem. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. We yeah. always like that. We always generous. It's just when that disrespect happens, you know. Yeah. Our people like wanted to shut down graffiti or shut down things that happen in that neighborhood that make it part of the culture. They want to call the cops. That's when that disrespect comes in for me. If you're going to gentrify into my neighborhood, fine, man. Shop, go to the coffee shop. Go to the local one. Uh, go to local community events. You know, see what's happening. Make you, you know, make yourself known. Just don't, you know, drive in and drive out. And a lot of that is what's happening. Yeah. So you don't know your neighbors anymore. Like, nobody knows who's going to be. And I know? think uh, also what I've come to realize is that I want people to accept and respect the history of, of our places. I think that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like you said. We ain't going to be able to stop the money part of yeah. it. They're going to keep buying. But yeah. if you appreciate the history, it makes you feel a little bit more appreciated. Exactly. I think, I think that's the way I see it. I want to see I want to see a, a, a white guy jogging with some, you know, he going to have a little jogging shorts on with a I Love Thurry War shirt on. I want to see that. That would be dope. Yeah. I mean, like, don't take pride. Know where you come from. Don't try to change the name. You know, I don't want to call it Liberty Heights or whatever you want to call it now. I'm going to always call it Third War, you know, a Midtown. That's, what, they, that's what they're calling it? Yeah, part of Third War has become Midtown, you know. It's like uh, East End now. They're calling yeah. it Edo. Edo, Edo. It sounds cool. It sounds yeah. like Edo. I'm hanging out at Edo. You're like, where is that at? <laughs> man, East End, man. Okay. I still battle every day within myself to yeah. like, you know, should I accept it? Should I? But I've come in, you know, I'm growing into it. Yeah, yeah. No, know? it's all right, man. You know, especially you see people have to having to move, you know, and, um, you know, people not renewing leases because they're going to sell a property and they got to, you know. That's, that's yeah. yeah, that's the bad part. So, 
another thing i wanted to bring up was i i think it's super dope how you know in our neighborhoods it, it's either one one or two things sometimes it's either people that get locked up or find the wrong track track in life and some shit happens yeah. always yeah um or we it's either college you try to go to college or you work mm -hmm. so the thing i really appreciate is that you know to find creativity in that i i really find that amazing that you found it how did you find that how did you shit, i it? find it amazing too I, I think about think back a lot about how i got to like where i'm at and just being that creative zone and it was I mean, it's God, man. I don't know if you were spiritual or religious, yes, but yeah, absolutely. I, you know, my not, not in my family did support me, but yeah, a lot of it was just like kind of self-driven and meeting the right people at the right times that were critical. They like, like told me go left, man, don't go right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. know, I went to Lanier. I was zoned to Ryan. No, I was on the Cullen, but I went to Lanier, and that school just kind of changed my life. And I met this woman named Miss Dickie, and she got me prepared to go to PVA. Helped me make a portfolio. I got in, you know, that that thing changed. I met people there that got me to the next level. So it was always that. Um, but yeah, man, it went from me drawing elementary, drawing Ninja Turtles and Jordans and all the kind of stuff that we did to going into a real career because it, it didn't seem possible. Nobody really knew how to give me direction because they'd never seen it. Yeah, they, of course. They, you know? I mean, it's not something that's like you wake up and it's like, hey, mom, um, yeah. how can I be an artist? Yeah. You know, it's like, nah, this is what we know. This yeah. is what we're going to teach you. Exactly, you know? exactly. So, and who yeah. don't want their kids to have comfortable, safe? I mean, but I just think differently. I don't want my kids to have that. I want them to do what they do. And I'm, I'm, I think parents got to recognize that it's hereditary things that are passed down through DNA, like hustle and determination like you that's why you can look at puffy and look at his son and see yeah, that true. lineage so i just wish my parents would know that whatever i did i was going to bring the same integrity they bring into their careers i just didn't want to do that like my dad practiced law he was a judge i don't i didn't want to do that but his life was very parallel to all of the different shit he did to get there you know my dad was a cab driver he was an educator he played for the Steelers. He became a lawyer, he became a judge. I mean, he had a, a crazy life. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, and I went through my different path to get where I am. It's a little bit more centered around art, but still, I still did different things that let me know that you're not supposed to be doing that. Like, I was never allowed to do the normal shit because I was, something would happen, I would get fired. Who, who knows? It was always something that kept me on the path of being a visual artist. And so I just felt like it was kind of, you know, sometimes you push to where you need to go. Do you think nowadays we probably, well... I'm not gonna say I think parents lack that information to teach their kids hey there's another path in creativity that you could take it's not always just necessarily play a sport and get, try absolutely. to get out or whatever you know there's actually other avenues that you could go in absolutely um, you know my parents are educated they just say no you gotta have a certain kind of awareness in the world like when I look at a movie I just don't look at the actors I look at like I looked at uh, I saw um, what's the new movie the new Marvel but the um, the, the Infinity War. Okay. Man, I don't know if you stay to the end of that movie, but it, that credit shows all these different designers that got paid, all these different special effects. Like, the cast was... i never seen the cast that big, so I'm thinking about all those people that got paid that make amazing salaries doing what they love, but you don't see their face. So when I say I want to be in Hollywood, I don't have to be an actor. Yeah. I can be a director, cinematographer. I can work on sound. And so I just give my daughter all these options of these fields. Like, you don't have to be that. You can be a curator. You know, you, can, you know it's all kind of things you yeah, can do yeah, in whatever yeah, yeah. field you love. If you're not, I mean, if you are shooting for that, if you fail, you really didn't fail, you know. So, I think my parents didn't know all the different things of art. All they, you know, my dad knew was like, you know, hey man, I get my haircut at the barbershop. The guy I see making the barbershop window, it's gonna cause himself an artist. That's all he does. I want better for you. But I saw, I saw that as great. I, I didn't see that as something lower. I thought that was a, a great occupation, man. Like, what I think, whatever you love, you should be allowed that space. 
And um, you know, we know we always money conscious, man. But it's you know some things that are bigger than that. But um, it's badass, man. Yeah. I, I, I this is a side note, but I just really want to say that because Father's Day was yesterday. Um, one of the cool things about you, man, is I like that you're you you're with your daughter everywhere, man, and that, yeah. that's pretty cool. And I'm about to be a father to a girl, so. I, I don't know. I told my, my wife about that when I seen you. I was like, man, he, he's with his daughter everywhere, you know. Yeah. I want my daughter to be everywhere. Yeah. Hopefully she's with, you know. She finds, me, she finds me fly to want to be everywhere, yeah. you know. But I really like that, man. I think it, it, it's cool. And you're teaching her the ropes early and stuff like that. Yeah, she, she, can see the, she can see the realities of being creative. Yeah. Because they all are parallel. Whether you're a director or you're an actor, like, you know, it's a grind. It don't stop. And it's some fun times and some fun parts. And there's some parts that's not fun. And you gotta do all of them. So I think she said them early. She can kind of know where she wants to go with things. She's well, she's well developed too, man. man like I'm she proud talks, of her, man. Yeah, yeah. She for her age and stuff. She. I think everybody feel that way about their kid, but I really think she like she's some she's something special, man. Like we got we really really close. That's bad. Um, yeah, man. You know you get blessed the kind of kids you need. Also, <laughs> man, like she was pretty self aware early, and I needed that because I'm like, hey, man, I don't know if you're hungry. I don't know what's going on, man. She pretty early knew what she wanted to eat. What she wanted to wear, what she wanted to go. Oh, she knows. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's like hanging out with your friend. Like, what she want to do today? She's like, oh, well, I want to go here. I want to do that. And I'm like, cool. That's badass, man. So, uh, back to you and finding art and stuff like that. So how many years have you been actively doing the art? Uh, like, I so, saw, like, you know, it's years you count before you become professional in anything. So, I say, like, when I knew I was doing it, I was, like, making money and I was in it, I was 23. And I was like, okay, I was in it in the real way. I knew that everything else wasn't going to work I said look I'm going to throw everything into this and so that, I think that's the real age I count because I started doing my first exhibitions and things started changing that time but before I was still doing it but I wasn't really as serious you know and you still trying to figure out can you navigate this world because no one teaches you how to make a living as being an artist they just say yeah you got great skills you went to college you got to say you got a degree you're an amazing painter and you just throw us back out to the world nobody tells you how to maneuver that like are you going to be out here in a, in a bad way because that degree ain't going to save you. I mean, you got to figure out how to make a market, how to get to a gallery, how to, how they pick you up, how do you sell work, you know, all this stuff, you know. And that should be taught you, in school. How, how have you figured it out? Life, like being determined. But I like to, that's why I like to mentor now because I want to I wanna have people skip that curve. I mean, it's, it's tough, man. I just, by the grace of God, man, it's just having mentors and listening and failing, keeping going. But, yeah, nobody gave us the game about how to live as an artist. Is the artist community like a, like a, a secret society where people don't tell each other. Uh... Sometimes, yes. You got. I, I have. I have very few people that have told me the truth, and I and I respect them for it. But a lot of people are on their own island, and there's very competitive. So somebody look at you as competition. Somebody you might looked up to might you know might have been older, and you kind of catch up in the way of a career. But you know you never catch up fully because one person says you know their skills are different. But yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know it's like when your idols become your rivals. That's okay, exactly okay. what happens. So you might. Has somebody that used to give you information, and now they see you at a certain point, they kind of stop because now you're competition. Now you're showing the same galleries. So that's different now. Yeah, so it becomes a different, and for some people, it's probably an ego thing. Right? Absolutely. That's, that, that exists too. You do music too. Yes, I like to partake in music. Yeah, man. Man, um, you, you put, I think it was when I met, like I said, when I found you, I found out about you when I went with Donkey Boy and stuff like that. I started doing my research on you. Mm -hmm. I think you put out. An album, right? Of your two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some new songs are actually dropping tomorrow, and I'm dropping a new album cover tomorrow for the project. And I've been keeping up with that, man. I I remember hearing that it, the the two and a half one, man. I think it was a great piece of work, man. Thank you, man. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the one you got coming up. Okay. 
So I, I got three coming up, and I mean, really two. The two and a half years is something that happens every year, and that project was is pretty much about the story of Juneteenth, and it's in um it's in the form of of uh, skits on the album that talks about the story of of Juneteenth and the complexities of being in slavery. Um, and and what we do is pretty much add I just add new music every year, man, from hip hop to um, to spoken word to jazz to blues. It's, it's really about the American art form that people of color created, you know. So. Um, and you produce them? And yeah, I just executive producer, which means like you know, I, I pick songs out, I pick tracks out, I put artists together. I just kind of you know, I, I kind of really grew up admiring Quincy Jones and and like you know, I guess a modern day version would be DJ Cali, but I think a little bit more. I'm not saying more sophisticated because that dude, I, I respect that guy, man. But it's uh, almost the same path, like knowing Cali? where to put a horn at, yeah, knowing where to put a keyboard mm-hmm. and when to put a real you know piano player on a on a song. Is I mean, I don't think I don't know if everybody has that skill set. But I learned I had a skill set for it because I love being in the studio with the artists. And so we can vibe back and forth. I write songs. I write hooks. And so it's not just saying, hey, can you give me a song? And I have no input. Uh, and this new single we're dropping tomorrow is Arnett Cobb. And he was from Houston. He should be considered one of the greats. He's up there with Miles Davis and Louis Armstrong. And um, he's from Houston. He, he lived in Third Ward. His grandson is one of my good friends. And they have an album dropping on him in August. So I want to kind of help share that responsibility and get his name out. Um but yeah, man, so I got that one then. In August, I'm dropping a record I did with the Station Museum here. And it's an album called Friendly Fire. And it's based on pretty much visual artists who make music. And I know a lot of them who do. They just they either don't want to pursue it full time and they're really talented or there's some kind of insecurity there, man. Because it's weird to you know be in those two worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that album has like you know Jesse Lott on it. It has Andrew Bramatoire, um, Robert Pruitt. These are all like really dope visual artists who people might not even know make music and then the third record is a thing I did in San Antonio with Art Pace and it's called Between the Devil and the Deep and it's about the life of Robert Johnson um, so 80 years ago 81 years ago at that time it was 80 years ago I went to the same hotel room with some artists I love we made a whole record in five days off that original Delta Blues record so all the producers sampled and we all just made Something I think it's dope, dope that you're like uh, putting history. Like there's a history. Yeah, yeah, tying into it, which is dope. That's, yeah. that's that's dope. That's what we that's what we try to do, man. Create a lane. You know, I also love John Cage, and he was this experimental uh, visual artist who made music, very experimental. But I'm like, man, what if I can kind of create a a path where I can make commercial records that are experimental too, but they're art pieces. So if you come to an exhibition, you can leave with a record that you can jam in the car. And that's a whole different demographic, man. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I also realize some people are never going to come to a museum. They're never going to come to a gallery. They feel uncomfortable. And it's a little on its own island. It's a, it's a little pretentious. And so I understand why people don't want to come. And so I like to create and be in other worlds where I can connect with people I'm talking to directly. And everybody feeling comfortable about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's badass. That, that is badass. So you're trying to basically make everybody, if a person that doesn't want to go to the museum... You're still trying to relate to the person exactly. that doesn't want to go, and yeah. still feel, they feel what the other person exactly. Like, so what still. you would miss that because you couldn't see in the painting, you heard on the on the audio, and now I just got this Lawndale residency that started in September, and I'm working on the film there. So this whole year I'll be trying to work on the film that I drop next year, and it's about uh, the blues scene here from like, you know, uh, maybe like '86 to like '94. Like you saying, there's amazing blues scenes, and this woman named Melissa Noble has all these dats of these tapes of like um, interviews and performances nobody's ever seen I gotta make them digital and then figure out how to make a film from it and so I'm excited about that because I always wanna keep jumping into things and trying nice and so um, that's, so that's you just next. said something I wanted to ask so you're a creative person I, I, I absolutely can see that I know that for a fact 
but um, how do you, and I'm sure you do a lot of things. So, for example, you do the music mm -hmm. and your art. Mm -hmm. How do you do it to, do you separate time to focus on one completely or do you just touch one every, like every now and then? Because, you know, to put out polished work, you know, you got to do, you got to focus on it. Yeah, so absolutely. how do you do it? That, that way, a little bit at a time. I have pockets where I just concentrate on music. Like when I made that record, that was like, that was just like, you know, that, 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 it was five days, but still was like two months of planning to get that done. And then I go back to artwork, but also I make sure I set my dates out far enough where, like you said, I got time to polish everything up, get mixed and mastered. So like all these albums are two years in the making. None of this stuff is, is like, you know, instant. And so that's what makes it frustrating because people are saying, man, what are you doing? Like, you know, like galleries want to, they want paintings. But I'm making music, and so they're like, "Why are you doing this?" And they understand that they worry. Yeah, they worry. Be well, it's because it's because of greed. You know, it's not because they worry worry about me as an artist. You know, also in that world, they don't know how to sell people that do multi-discipline kind of work. Yeah, they want to sell you as just a painter, or he is a collage artist, or she is a you know she does performance art. But no, what if somebody does all of that? Yes, and they yes. they have a trouble how to sell that, and so, but it's really not hard. You just got to communicate and tell people what you're doing. But um, yeah, so I do a little bit at a time. I kind of focus. I go back. I go back, and that's the only way to. I try to balance it, you know, because I'm not just happy doing music. It's, it's too much collaboration work. I gotta talk to a producer every day, or a rapper, or a singer. You know, people miss the studio times, the engineer, and when I'm doing art, it's just me and myself, and I. Yourself. And I, I can't fuck up with myself. I don't know if I can curse on there. Oh hell yeah, go for it. Yeah man. Um, the, so here, here's another question: Do you think for any up, up, up and coming artists listening, what's What's been your biggest challenge, and do you think sometimes taking risk is important? It's all about that taking risk. You can't be comfortable. I mean, you listen. There's always two types of artists. You got super commercially successful artists, and you got artists that take risk. And some artists know how to be in the in between and like win. Like somebody like Prince, or somebody like you know, I don't know. There's a lot of people in the middle. You know, I, you know, so I just think it depends on what kind of artist you want to be. I like to take risk, and they not they might not always work. And so that's kind of why I'm a fan of Kanye. Even though, you know, he recently said some really irresponsible things. Oh. I still know that I separate the art from the artist. And as yes. an artist, the, and I think of him as an artist because he takes risk. And yeah. nothing sounds the same. And even that, you know, like all, all those records I dig, man, I don't think any of them are trash, you know. But I know some people hate Yeezus. Some people hate this new one. But, you know, I love the fact he take a risk. It's, it's not, you know. I Yeah, we, we it's funny. We had an episode almost complete one hour and a half just talking about Kanye. Oh, but I yeah. Can, I can't. Can, and it. I... I I disagree with what he says, but at the end of the day, I got to give it to the man that he's a genius. I got to. I mean, he just dropped like, what, three? Three uh, projects. He got Tayana Taylor coming out. He has... The Nas um, one was the, super The Nas dope, is super dope. I'm still digesting that one. He got Saha the Prince coming out. I mean, come on, man. The guy is working. He's pretty and prolific. I, just, I, I saw this. Uh, it was a tweet. I believe it was a tweet. And it said something how... People don't respect him and whatever, whatever, because of what he said. But people need to realize how did this man separate a part of his brain to focus and actually produce something for Nas and then go to his. And then yeah. the one with Kid Cudi, which I which love. Which is my favorite one. one. Oh, my God. It's my yeah. favorite one, man. Oh, my God. When him and Kid Cudi get together, yes. man, they make magic, man. And they yeah, need each other, man. I was happy to hear Kid Cudi back, man. And Me it had too. been a while because, you know, we had heard. And Kid Cudi's a, he's done different things, too, you know. Yeah. But, but so I'm saying. We got to be easy on each other, man. Nobody. People are online typing like they're perfect and it's pissing me off yeah like we all flawed out here man i say shit i don't agree but i gotta apologize all the time to my wife to my daughter to my friends i ain't perfect i'm gonna say some shit depending on what kind of day i'm having and i gotta come back and clean it up and this man was on pills and he got a lot going on in his life man yeah yeah yeah. but i mean if we don't separate the art from the artist then 
you can't watch a Woody Allen film. I couldn't. I couldn't listen to. I mean, a lot. I couldn't. I couldn't watch and listen to anything. Everybody. I can't watch the Cosby Show anymore if I felt that way. Like I have to separate the art from the artist. I mean, we yeah. just have to. I mean, and plus, I mean, creative people are not the you know. Oh yeah, they're, nobody they're, said exactly. They're in mind. I mean, the I mean, sharpest tool, yeah. tool in the shed, as they say. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like so, we out here, yeah. They, they, and I think sometimes they hold people like Kanye on, like they're prohibited from having issues. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, because they're on a platform. I, that's why I'm happy on the Kid Cudi album. He actually showed emotion. Yeah. You know, like he's human. And yeah. I really appreciated that because I was like, dude, you're only human, man. You can't we be only pre- human. But look, how, but look how people judge. Look how they look how they did. I'm like, I was ready to throw him away too. And I got ashamed of myself. I'm like, man, man I'm an artist. Too. I'm out here thinking like a square. Like I'm going to throw away somebody who I follow my whole life because I don't like some things he says. And which he didn't even mean that way. He's just a terrible communicator. Like when Kanye talks for two hours, you can clearly understand where he's trying to go. Yeah, he's not. The but a fifteen-minute clip of Kanye is going to destroy his life. He just like he can't do it well. <laughs> so I mean, I got to know that about that person, like yeah. not take it personally, man. But I was, I thought it, what he said was uh, for the record was very dangerous. I mean, you, slavery was not a choice. Um, I'm not into making our ancestors look weak because they was way stronger than us. They mm-hmm. got a lot of things accomplished that we couldn't even deal with. I'm talking about both of us, brown and black. Like our ancestors were, they they basically superheroes. And if you don't say it any other way, it's a problem. You know, I, I thought it was cool. This kind of still on Kanye, though. I thought it's pretty cool that they say that when he's working or creating an album, like, if you're just in the room chilling and you say just something that writings up an idea and he uses it, he gives credit for that. Yeah. Which is, I think that's dope. That speaks to how, what type of creative person yeah. he is. Because that's dope. Imagine yeah. just being in a creative room and being like, hey, man, nah, change this. Yeah. And then, boom, it blows. It's like, that's dope. You get but, what I mean? But think of how many artists have not done it. That's, that's why I always have respect for him, too, because not only does he take what he needs from younger artists to recharge because he's getting older, but he makes sure they're stars and they get rich. So Travis Scott has a career. He's mm-hmm. rich. Kid Cudi has a career. You know, Big Sean, like these people that he borrowed from, and they pretty much style some of his albums that we love, but he made sure that they, they got paid with publishing and a lot of artists don't do that, man. They'll take from you and then, you know, Dre don't put no name on the track. You don't know who did that. True. I mean, and, and not only that, some people didn't even get paid. So imagine not getting your credit and not getting paid and something is like a hit. So I'm going to, you know, yeah, man, he's an honorable guy, man. I just think he flawed like every like everybody else, you know? Yeah, and sometimes I just, just let the man live. Let yeah, man. Breathe. Yeah, man, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I was thinking about that Kardashian curse if that's real or not. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just pray. I pray for I've, Travis I've Scott. I thought about man. it too, and I wonder. But I, <laughs> I mean, their record is looking. I don't know what it is, man. But it could just be Hollywood living, man. Once you're in LA yeah. too long, man, you know everything shifts. So you I mentioned earlier about um, being a, a mentor. Yeah. And how many people do you mentor right now? Um, I mean, I would say three, but as many as I can. I mean, people, you know, I met a, a guy at uh, this Saturday at my artist talk, and he was like, "Look, man." I follow your work. He asks questions. I give him my number. I say, look, man, all I ask is you show up. I'm not going to chase you down. If you want to learn, give me my studio address. When you're free, pop in. You know, you can ask anything you want. So that's the thing about it. Like, who stays? And uh, I just find most people just not, they're not hungry enough to stay. You know, when they, when they don't get their weight instantly, it's not convenient for them. They go away. Do you think some artists want to go from zero to 100, just be at 100 already without the groundwork? Say, say it again. Do you think people want to jump from zero to oh, 100 absolutely. without doing absolutely. the groundwork? Yeah. Is, is, do you yeah. think that's pro- part of the issue? Why oh, some absolutely. Don't want yeah, it's a mistake. I mean, and that's why I think sometimes I think maybe visual art can be a dying field because it's so 
it's so you have so much patience. It's not an instant thing. It's not like you know graphic design is it's, it's there instant. Like even when I silk screen, like it's an instant product and it feels different from something you gotta you gotta you know make over time. And also developing your style and what you want to say that takes time. It's not you know like I want to do a clothing line. It took me three years to come up with a name for it. Like I want to do public art now, and I, I don't know what my work would look like as a sculpture. So that takes time to figure out how do I translate that, and so it's not easy. So in between that time, people stop. Cause bills happen, life happen, and yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. push through all of that, man. It, I ain't gonna lie, it's not easy. What, you know? Have you struggled in your part to get where you're at right now? Oh yes, I uh, daily. Oh, it's yes. still it's still a struggle. It's never gonna stop, man. That's what I learned. And the more, the more you accept that, the more you it becomes easier. You know, it's gonna happen. I mean, we are living a life of resistance. If you do anything against the norm, it's gonna be resistance. And just I don't know how long it's gonna take to break through that resistance, but it might not ever go away. Cause you're doing things differently, you know. You're waking up when you want. My schedule's at night, not at daytime. You know, I make my money differently. So, <coughs> yeah, it's a resistance to it. And you know, I, I've uh, I've interviewed a lot of artists from Houston, and I always ask this, and I want to get your opinion on it. Houston didn't used to be big on art. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get through that part where it wasn't? A, a big part of Houston. Oh, it's still. Uh, you think it is? No, no, I don't think it. By I think all it's means, still, I still I think, it's think still, we got a better. long way to go. Oh yeah, yeah, but it's barely there's yeah. improvement. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was committed to Houston. My theory was, if all the dope motherfuckers leave Houston, then how are we ever gonna get a dope city? Like somebody mm-hmm. gotta stay and deal with the bullshit. But then you get to the point now where it gets like. How long are you going to deal with the bullshit? And so when every day somebody I know leaves to New York, L.A. or Chicago, but also people from Chicago coming down here. So it's like it's kind of switching. I just think that, um, yeah, I was committed to the city being dope, but I thought we got a lot of potential. And when people come to Houston, they realize how amazing it is. It's just getting them here because we're not a tourist city. Yeah. Like if I'm off, I live in New Jersey. I got two weeks off. Nobody's saying, yo, let's go to Houston. No, it's not. It is yeah. not going to happen. So until we figure out how to, like, you know, also kind of accommodate that, find something that we can get people here for make ourselves marketable yeah they'll see why we so dope like people go to new orleans all the time because this is a city to go to you going to miami you going to new york so you going to la how do we get people to say man i got a week off i'm gonna go to houston and check it out and so i don't know that's that was my theory like i'm just gonna stay here and hold it down <laughs> you're holding it down i left it. i left of course i left and I, I left and i came back but i just like look man where'd you leave to i went to i went to new york for a bit and i went to atlanta for like five years and uh, which I love those city too, man. But it's not. I want to do it here, man. I, I kind of believe in you know the, the city, man. And I know I've never it's been in New York, sound. and I always wanted to go. Oh man, go, man. It's the, the, New York is a great city to charge you up, man. Like I got, you know, I I show out there, so I go out there for a gallery opening, and it, man, the energy there is it charge you up. But for me, I didn't want to live there. It's not my thing. I like being in the car. I smoke in the car. That's where I get my my my, my great ideas yeah, it's from. Your, it's your the subway time. was always annoying to me, man. I always got harassed, man. It's like they could just tell I wasn't from there, you know. <laughs> and um, in New York, you really gotta plan your day, man. Like here, I can say, hey, man, we are gonna do a podcast. I was six minutes away. Yeah, yeah I worked yeah. in the collage for like five minutes and came right here on time. In New York, no, bro, you riding that train, you got a three o'clock meeting, you gotta leave at twelve to make sure you're there on time. And so it's it's a little different how you gotta move. You gotta be really calculated in New York, and I don't want to do that. And then you, and from there you went to Atlanta. I went to Atlanta. Oh, I went Atlanta. to Atlanta College. Atlanta College. Atlanta was dope. That's when it was. That's when Jermaine Dupri was really running the city. You know, I witnessed Jagged Edge record being created from scratch. <laughs> um, you know, Usher was hanging out around. I was playing video games with Bow Wow, and he was a cute little kid. 
Uh, awesome kid too, man. By the way, he was always he was a humble kid, man. So I was just I was at the Atlanta when it was like a different point, man. It was um it was good, man, but it was distracting, and that's why I left because I wanted to. I decided I wanted to get back into the visual arts, and Atlanta wasn't quite there either with the visual arts. It was really about music, and so I came back home. Did you ever struggle with picking one music? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was out in Atlanta College of Art, I didn't do any art. I just did oh, my shit. assignments. All I did was make music. Like, I would literally make my homework, you know, because didn't, we didn't sleep, so I'd make it at 3 in the morning, take it to class, pin it up. They were like, oh, my God, great job. I was like, yeah, I just made it an hour ago. But that, that's because of that, of that HSPBA training, though. You know, I did all those life drawings for four years. So going back to school was like starting back over. So you would kind of have – you kind of had leeway if you went to art high school going to college because you were already doing that for so much, you know. So you had kids kind of just now get into that that kind of formula yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. in that groove and i was already there so i was able to kind of cheat and kind of spend more time on music i mean but it always catches up you know cool so what are your goals for the city of houston and your art what are you trying to get out there because i know you just had a a few weeks back you had which is that week where you had a crazy week we were supposed to record that week yeah the back and all that kind of stuff man got in a car wreck yeah and you had a gallery that week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an uh, opening. I had curated a show at the Union uh, Gallery. It's off uh, 2315 Union uh, in Washington. And the show is still up now. It's up to the 29th. Um, so it, it was just some artists I really believe in. And I got, a lot of, I got a lot of comrades I think are amazing. Some are doing really well and some are not. And it's not based off their skill. It's just, you know, if you introverted artists, you're going to be in trouble. So because I don't really... I don't really have that issue. I like to try to curate because I can be that voice for the artists who like don't really want to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, the show looks great, man. It's a uh, Jeff Hipper still still it's Nacho. I mean Nacho here in uh, East End. He always shows at the East End Gallery, and I thought he was pretty amazing. Um, it has uh, Don Okoro from Austin, Howard Sherman from Houston. He lives in New York now. Um, David McGee, who lives in Second Ward, who's an amazing artist. He was like a mentor of mine, somebody I really looked up to. Um, and who else? Am I missing anybody? I think that is it. Oh, Felipe Contreras. It's dope too, man. I, I've been knowing him for like 10 years, man. I always thought he made an amazing work. He just needed to be in the right spaces where people can see the work. And he sold two works out the show, so which is, that's awesome. So you're trying to put more of these together? like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do more, man, because it's fun. Like I said, I get to showcase my friends. These are people I believe in, so it's called Collective for the Culture. And then we named it that because like these are people I actually collect. And I think that if you care about the culture of visual art and like for real like artists making real work that are living like this so you should buy you know i mean it's cool to buy blue chip artists that are dead but i don't know why people can't find somebody they like and support them man like buy some small check in on them especially if you got it's, man we got a lot of money in houston man find an artist you like man and, and and drop them bread man be a patron give them a couple grand every two months i mean you especially if you got it like that people do like support artists man otherwise they won't be here Sometimes I, I don't know, man. Sometimes I've I've felt like Houston can be a hater city. Sometimes yeah, it can be a sure. hard fucking yeah. city to just grow in. Yeah, and it. But I, I will say that it'll make you tough, though. Man, if, we just talking about if, that, if, man. If, if, if somebody ain't talking about you, depends on what they say. They gonna talk shit, man. It's it's gonna be stuff said. I think it's part of the game. I think you. That's how you know you're doing something right. Yeah, and true. but you get it. You gotta get your skin tight, man, and you gotta be able to take that. That, that criticism and sometimes it's just hate but whatever <laughs> it is man you gotta like I always say I just worry about the people that love me yeah. anybody that don't like me or hate me I don't pay them no mind because I ain't about that so you're not gonna even be in my circle if you don't love me so I don't care what's being said outside of that cause they, they hate man that's what it is but that's every city right I think yeah I don't know I mean Houston is 
Houston does have like a, 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 a it feels like everybody's celebrity here, and so it's not a respect for what you do. It's like I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> everybody got a record. I mean, I don't know, but that, I think that's everywhere now, man. We just in that culture, but the arts have finally caught up with culture now, so everybody can say I'm an artist. Yeah, and, and everything's more available for people. Like, so for example, yeah. if you want to do music it's available to where you can actually create your own album and put it out stuff like that it's not like before where you couldn't but i encourage that i think everybody should try yeah so you can see that your ass suck and you can respect (laughs) other artists that do it in a high level now if you're good great but making an album lets you know how hard it is to make one so you can respect Nas's new record not just say i'll say that people saying that beyonce and jay-z album is a throwaway i'm like have you ever made an album that ain't no throwaway record that record is well made yeah now, regardless of whether you want to hear it or not, it's not a throwaway record. Because I made one, so I know how hard it is to make a record. I don't care if it's nine songs. That's a that's a feat, man. So when you've never done that, you can easily just say, oh, man, that's whack. Man, you just said something similar to what uh, El Kuj said on Drink Champs to podcast with Nori. Yeah, I watch uh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said something like that. He, he said something like, how do them uh, five listens feel on SoundCloud? Yeah, Because yeah. he was basically saying the same thing. Everybody yeah. thinks it's just a walk in the park. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to create an album. Then boom. Yeah. No, nah, it's not like that. And then the thing is that now, it's which is cool, right? Social media, but a lot of people are have an opinion, and they think that it's... Yeah. And if you fall for that shit, and you're an up-and-coming artist, you... You'll get drained and fucking oh, yeah, yeah, negativity. Yeah. Cause yeah, the biggest thing for me is when I go on YouTube and try to watch a movie review, and there's like it's this dude from Oklahoma named named Billy, who in his mom, you know, basement, he giving a review about a movie or an album. I'm like, Billy, what the fuck have you done, Billy? <laughs> Billy, you got five followers. Why are you doing this, man? Like, it's something with your esteem. Like, I don't get it. Like, why do you think you are? You got a voice to talk about the new Jay Z record? It's just weird to me, man. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I said yeah. you are a writer, or you are a hip hop historian, or you do something in that field. But just to get on YouTube and have yeah. a channel where you talk shit, it's so much of that, man. I'm just amazed by that culture. Like, I don't know where that comes from. Like, dog, you don't do nothing. All you do is hate. I don't know. How, how do you uh, deal with the whole, if you do have haters? Oh, man. Unfortunately, I do, man. I try to be kind to everybody, but that doesn't matter. People, Some people just not going to like you, man. They don't like what you stand for. That could be that you can stand for a consistency and work ethic and not giving up. They don't like that shit. I mean, I might use too much blue in my paintings. People don't like that. I mean, it's what it is. So I mean, I just I'm used to it. I mean, I just had to, you know, you get a certain age, you start hearing so much of it, you gotta be like, okay, this part of what happens. Otherwise, this shit will tear you up, man. You, you know, I, I just think about like Anthony Bourdain and like, man, what call what would call somebody at that level of the game that admired like, you know, how much hard work he put in to get there to kill himself. Man, and I'm not saying that those are the same things are not related, but you know it's no, always no, no. always happening in the world, man. Where you you know you reading comments, people saying about people, man. It's just so like um, Triple X Extension, as I'm saying his name right. You yeah. know he got murdered today, and, I, the, and the comments people are making is like, I uh, hope Lil Peep is next. Like man, it's like no more empathy, like, the man. Thing is, man, I, I I say this so many times, and, and and I think a lot, man, and it's one of my I have anxiety like to another level. You're so a deep my, thinker. My You're gonna be thinking, in trouble in this world. My thinking is. I think a lot, man. It's one of my battles. But one of the things is I I always think that um, life is not valued nowadays. Like, person dies and it's just, it's just, uh, it's dead. It, let's move on with our life. Yeah. Like the shooting, right? I always talk, about, I, I say this all the time when these school shootings, man. It's like two days pass and it's done with. Yeah. Let's just move on with life. Of course, we can't dwell on it, but it's like, what are we, 
that's what we stand for. It's yeah. like a, it's a life. And, and, and this dude was 20 years old. 20 like, years young, old. Hadn't he, and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm that much older, but I'm 26. But the dude hadn't even lived. Yeah. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. To, I mean, but to you're, not the, have but a you're not the same person as soon as you were. Twenty six is already a big maturity gap. Oh, big time. The way you yes. think about the life, the you think at three sixty yeah. exactly. Twenty with that amount of money and success, you try to balance it out. You come from nothing. You know, I guess it's a, it's a lot to handle that that young. And uh, he said some things that I think were unfortunate, and maybe you know I think he tried to he was trying to clean his life up. Yeah. But sometimes the shit catch up, which is before you can get that done, man. And it's just a big example of like man, uh, being cautious with your tongue, man. These millenniums out here talking on the keyboard, yes. and there's some some cats that gonna see you in real life, and I'm, I'm not gonna talk to you back on the keyboard. Yeah, like you say something about me, you gotta see me somewhere. Yeah, and that's me right now, and I, I try, and I think I'm pretty, you and know, mellow. What, but I think that's what's happening, man. There's no sense of like these young. Yeah, you know, it's real man, gangsters no out here, man. They're not dead. There's no, re- yeah, yeah, they're not there's dead. No, it's, it, there's no respect there. You can whether whatever it is, there's always has to be that respect. Yeah, man, respect for your life, life, respect for your mother's life. You know. You, you know all that stuff you gotta think to start think about yourself and so I just think he was still in that selfish phase I mean he's 20 so he's still about all about him he's not thinking about all the people that affect these things he was saying and how he might come back on him cause he was driving around and wasn't that, in that car by himself I mean he didn't have no security that's, and that's and crazy I think they had jumped him not too long ago I forgot when and yeah he, said he that got he jumped by the Migos he, yeah and he supposedly felt like he, said, he didn't yeah. need uh, security or whatever like yeah that's that that's that fake hard shit man like I know what you're trying to do man but that, no you do man you're not from Miami like anytime you have any kind of um, any kind of like you know acclaim you kind of famous and that dude is famous you got money you can't be in a city like you live there a foreign city like it's only even if I lived in Houston I still if I was going to the southwest side of some place I'm not that's not my hood you need security yeah. if you're doing it like that man yeah. you're not safe nobody is safe from that I mean that's all that was too, man. No security. You driving around like on a Lambo or I think it was that new BMW one, man. But still, that's an expensive car. You a small guy. You probably he probably don't got no hand skills. He riding around and you know it happens. I just think it gets sometimes, man, to the head. It could get to the head, the power, man. Oh like yeah. Thinking you know you're powerful, when in reality you're not. Which is a sad situation, man. Back to the Anthony Bourdain thing, man. That one got me. Yeah, that one got me tough because that that's somebody I I don't. I don't have people on my bucket list like I really admire and I want to meet. Like I wanted to like have dinner with this guy, man. Like this kind of I wanted to get myself in a place where I can I can meet this person, man, in a real way because I just admired I admire what he went through. I admire how he how he changed my my perspective on how I saw food and then how I saw the world. Yeah, and it was like a real um, natural thing that he did. I mean, it was really something. I don't know. It was kind of like revolutionary, man, the way he broke in the ground and would have you see a different a city differently, you know. And so, um, yeah, man, that that kind of affected me. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, they always say you don't know what a person is going through, right? But that one, I was just that like... That was there. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was, it caught me off guard. Like, yeah, like, my wife said it to me, and I, I didn't want to believe it. I just said, let me, let me check some more sources, man. And I saw it, and I was like, damn, man. I always say, man, I always encourage people, if you're going through that, don't be afraid to talk. Just talk. I mean, that's the thing about suicide and, and, and the mental part of that, man. Like, it's all lies. Like, you have to sometimes... I, 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 that's why I think people like Kanye had this amazing ego, man. Because if you don't have this other side that can say, "No, nah, man, you're doing well. Look what you already done. You're gonna beat yourself up. You're gonna look at all of the pos- all the negative shit you didn't do, all your failures instead of where you are." But like, this dude got the number one show in the country. He's traveling. He's already, he was in Paris and he killed himself. Like not even as, not even saying, "Man, I'm in Paris and it's a expensive hotel eating amazing food." That should be enough. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's just it's just lie. It lies to yourself, man. It tells you all the bad things about yourself. 
And if you got somebody to talk to, man, anybody can do it. You catch you, you in the wrong place. It's crazy you bring that up, bro, because I struggle with the. I, I said it earlier, anxiety. So I get all these thoughts yeah. and stuff like that, negative thoughts. Yeah. And it's crazy you say that, man, because that's really sometimes you have to be. I have to tell myself, dude. You gotta, you gotta remind yourself of who you are. Yeah, and be like, fuck that. I'm not that thought. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, no, exactly. we all have it. I, I have everybody. Yeah. I mean, it proves that. It's Anthony Bourdain. It proves that. Yeah. If this dude kill himself, how am I supposed to feel? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, for real, we got, I mean, yeah. right before that, you had Kate Spade. I mean, one of the biggest designers, you know, in the yeah. world. And if that ain't enough, your kind of life and what you accomplished, who was who that enough for? Look at Robin Williams. I mean, that hurt me too. Yeah. I mean, we go back to all these people we think are successful. They're funny. We love them. But something is telling them they're not shit. You're not good enough. You don't deserve this. You're a fraud. And we all have that. I got to just talk myself off the ledge, right? Look at my CV resume and I feel better. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the same man, I've been here. I've done some shit. You know what I'm saying? I got to remind myself. Otherwise, yeah, you yeah, start thinking, yeah, man, shit, yeah. I ain't done shit either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tricky, man. And it's hard, man, because sometimes just living is a, is, is a bitch. But sometimes you have to just live, man, and enjoy That's yourself. That's what I'm saying. And you got so to say that, that, you know. It is a bitch, and I'm just don't deal with it. Yeah. It's not gonna be perfect, and that's the thing. That's the suicide. That's the depression too. This Disney, this Disney living, like it's not that. Life is supposed to have complications. You gotta yeah. overcome things. That's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, this is the test right here. I mean, this is the test, man. Like, and, and when you start, like I said, the more I travel, the more I realize life ain't that hard, man. I'm, I've been to parts of Mexico and Africa where, man, it's real poverty, man. And, yeah. And those people are the happiest I've ever seen in my life. So I'm like, okay. I'm in a village where nobody has nothing. People don't have no shoes. They're sharing food. But they are happier than anybody I know in America that has anything, everything. So what's the disconnect there? And so that's what people got to figure out. It ain't about the money. It's not about the shit you don't have. It's like whatever you in, man, appreciate it. I started appreciating everything. My fucked up car, tire, whatever. Whatever you had that you think is... is um. It's not enough. It, just appreciate it. And that's how you that's, that's how you think you level up. That's how you get more when you start saying, I'm good where I'm at. I don't know. It might not be true, but I mean, that's the way no, I get hey, through hey, it. You, uh, you hit me, man. I mean, I got, it's hard it's out here, man, for everybody. Everybody, man. How do you get inspired, man, to uh, do your stuff? Music, art. How do you stay inspired? I wake up and I hear this little girl in another room being happy. Watching YouTube videos, and I say, okay, I gotta get back on it. So my my daughter is definitely my inspiration, and then just like um, getting my story out, man, talking about history, talking about people of color, and the amazing things they've done. They're not in history books, and like letting people know that we come from, we are bigger than slavery. We bigger than man. We got amazing. All I mean, talking about black and brown, we got amazing history that does not get talked about. Yeah. And every time I find something new, my my job is just to share it. And I just share it through artwork or through music, and that's it. And that's my goal, man. So we get to a point where people know where they come from. So they don't feel a certain way about their skin color, their nose, or their hair, or their lineage. You know, it's, man, we kings and queens and all kind of things, man. You know, yeah. we, we think about the, the history of this country, man. It was people of color made this country, man, from the roads to the, the, the architecture, all that stuff, man. Stoplight, refrigerators, all people of color. Especially nowadays, it seems like every. You're black or you're brown, you're labeled already as that. You're already seen by others as, oh, they're a minority. They yeah. don't know much. They and we're not. Know. Yeah. So, and, it, and there's so, like you said, there's so much more to us. Yeah. That, you get what I mean? We're talented. In terms people. of the world, we're the majority. Yeah. Not in America, but when you when you could combine those people that they try to separate. Yeah. And that's the reason for the separation. They don't want you to get closer, you know. I mean, you already probably close to people and where you're from, if you're Mexico or whatever, but 
for us black folks is connection between it's a disconnect between Africa and here and I just I feel like it's it's reasons why because once that unity comes together it's powerful it's, uh, it's pretty it's pretty magical man yeah. I, I just saw how people got how black folks in particular got about a movie like Black Panther this is a fictional Marvel Wakanda place and it has so much inspiration it made over a billion dollars why because people want to see that they want to know that it's a place in Africa that's modern that has technology and it is and it's there and we did that. It's not a fantasy. It's not Wakanda. It's some real yeah. places like that. And so it's not just poverty. And so, you know, it's, I'm just going to break stereotypes, man. Just give knowledge, man. So you say, I, I find interesting what you said. So you're saying there's a disconnect with black people and the people from Africa. Yeah, for sure. It's, a, it's, it's done, you know, on purpose. You know, they, like I said, man, if you combine those things, we are very strong. We have assets, assets here that they don't have in Africa. So when I went, when I brought my American brain there, Man, it was so many ways to make money. But when I tied in their intelligence and work ethic, if we combined, we'd be unstoppable. You know, my, I had a driver when I was in Kenya, and this dude spoke five languages. He's just a driver. Shit. So out there, education is key. Like, he's just something you do. You just get degrees. You just read. And out here, it's not. But we got this different spirit in us that makes us, you know. Yeah. I don't know which is different monsters. Not the, I think when they combined, it makes the perfect kind of, you know, civilization. But what they're going to do is tell you that Africa is full of poverty and it's, it's hot it's not cool and you know uh, I was listening to I, I'm sure you probably heard it Jamie Foxx one of Jamie Foxx's stand up oh yeah well, he's well, like in the elevator he's like making those yeah, yeah exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> that's cause he never been and it's funny yeah. and, 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 and that was funny before I went and before I knew that like you know hey man all these jokes and these stereotypes man they're not they're they're not funny and they just you know they're just continuing the the stereotypes of what's not true because Africa was the best place I've ever been in my life I mean he had a great amazing nightlife it was the most amazing museums, culture. Um, I saw a guy on the corner wearing a, a grass scurry with a spear. He was in t- traditional garb. And then I saw him next to a guy in a three-piece suit. And he didn't look at him crazy. And you go to the club, you see Masai Tribe in there dancing. And nobody's saying, hey, man, why you got a spear? Like, this that's what they do. And so it's like, yeah. you, know, you would, they accept everything there. So it was just weird to be in a place where, man, it's really about your work ethic and your honor as a man. It wasn't... The billboards were black. The mannequins were black. So I was like, "Why?" Well, I, I felt a freedom because it wasn't this. It wasn't my liability to be black. Now, I was like part of the masses. So now I had to stand out on my talent, which is all I want to do here. So it felt good to be like, "Okay, I'm being judged by my work," and not because I got to fit a quota or you know all those things that we accept as artists too, because we want to keep moving forward. But a lot of stuff is based off quota. Like we gotta so have there, artists you, of color. So over there, you felt like you're you're just pure talent. Like pure I talent. Just, and over here, you probably feel like, oh, I got other pressures that I got. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it was some pressures there too, because I was being judged by being an American, not by being black though. It was American that was fucking me up because they thought the American thing is loud, uh-huh. obnoxious, greedy, uh, unconnected, unconcerned with the environment and yeah, people, yeah, and so. Yeah, yeah. I had to break those stereotypes. I'm like, no, man, I'm just like you in America because they just thought I was rich. And I'm yeah, like, no, 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 bro, because I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, man, like I'm who you are in America, and they just didn't believe that. They, they, oh, you know, that's crazy, man. Because they watch, they watch videos. They're yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah, I know yeah. you live with like Rick Ross. I know you got the pool and the girls. I'm like, yo, man, that's all rented. <laughs> and so I had to break down the culture because they was really thinking, you know. And yeah. but still, and and and, and um. In comparison, I was living a, a good life though. Like I, that also, like I said, got me on. Yo, man, this, I don't know what real poverty is. I had a guy who walked eight miles a day to come to my studio to work. His studio had been burned down. He didn't have any money. This dude walked eight miles and he was there every day to work. 
So that was like, yo, this dude, this, that was inspiring, man. Like he just loved art that much. When you, uh, since we were talking about mentorship earlier, let me ask you, when you go to places like that or if you help try to help somebody, do you ever in your heart just feel like it's not, you can only help them so much and you wish you could help them more? Oh, absolutely. That's like, part of my drive to level up so I can really do things in a real way. Yeah, man, I want to be able to have a foundation. I want to be able to give scholarships and grants to artists of color because um, I understand and different yeah. parts of the country. Because, for uh, example, because, that guy you said. Yeah, that I mean, guy, that guy needed, a, he needed a grant. Because he was going to make the work. He was prolific. He just was a case of extreme poverty. And everybody he knew was broke. So, like, he lashed on to me because he was like, he saw a way out. And I did what I could. You know, I, when I left, I gave him all my supplies. So, he had, you know, but that's all I can do. I, and, you know, I probably could do a little more. I can send something. $20 would be very helpful uh, in, Nairobi, in Nairobi. American dollars. That's, that's you can borrow with that. So, I mean, one example is I took him to eat. Uh, it's a restaurant I've been eating at every day, maybe three times a day. When I brought him in there to eat, he started crying. Because he was like, this is a place I always wanted to eat, but it's a symbol no of money, way, and I, I thought I would never eat here. And I was eating there three times a day. Shit. So that's an example of American money, and like, you know, just how, you know, I was drinking, like I say, a Mexican Coke. Like, I, my story was full of them. That's why I thought I was rich. That's somebody's salary that day. That's somebody's special treat. They work all day and buy a Coke. I'm drinking four of them a day. I got sodas all in my studio. They like, oh my God, what's going on? I'm like, what? So that's crazy, man. Just, and that's just, you know, that's, that's on small scales. Not even, you know, so yeah, man. America is blessed, man. And because, you know, we always comparing here and it's capitalism, we get depressed really easy and think we're not doing enough and we're not doing our best. And uh, traveling kind of cures that, man. That's why I was so surprised by Anthony Bourdain. He's seen the he seen the best and the worst of everything. So I know he had to be in a really dark place. Cause I know I know he know he had a great life. So I'm just really I'm really curious about that, man. Like how does that happen, man? I sometimes so I I thought a lot about him and when that happened. So I started thinking, cause it's like you said, he's seen everything. He's seen everything. But do you ever think sometimes as as humans we need something to call home? And just say, maybe you get what I mean. I don't want to see everything. I just need a place to just, you know how gotcha. sometimes we, we we bullshit and we're like talking shit. We're like, man, I'm tired of the routine. Yeah, I'm tired of this yeah, shit of just yeah. coming home. Sometimes I think as human we need that. That's true. You get what I mean? Oh, he might have been just ready to go. You know, yeah. hey, my grandmother, you know, bless her, bless her soul. Like she knew she was ready to go, and she died within that week, and she told me she didn't want to live anymore, and so. I don't know, it could have been a thing too, man. Some people just know I'm tired yeah. of this, man. I'm tired of this living. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, it's this exhausting, man. We getting up grinding. I mean, I don't know how, how everybody else feels. I feel like I'm grinding just to live, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, 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 I live off my work, and so it's up and down. And sometimes you feel like, man, I'm I'm hustling just to survive. And that's not always the best feeling, man, you know? Especially if you're on Instagram, you're looking through, and people, obviously, everybody's rich and they're always on vacation. You feel like you ain't, you know, you're not doing enough. But that's why that social media shit, man. It can be dangerous. Yeah. You got to take it in, you know, in, in, in a little small doses. For sure. My wife got me on check on that one, man. She'd be like, you, uh, she, <laughs> yeah. she made me after the, after we, uh, our wedding, she, she made me get off it for a while, which I appreciate her for, you know, cause you don't realize sometimes how much it's a habit. Yeah. You know, it's not, not that it affects me or anything, but the habit of just, Oh, let me go check it. Well, social media has now been part of the identity of being an artist. And so if you don't have enough followings or, or traction, like, you know, you can't get, to, you can't level up. So it makes you have to pay attention to it. So there's really nothing you can do about that. You just have to have a healthy life, you know. There's nothing wrong with getting a therapist. Or you got you can talk to your wife. You got to have 
you know, you gotta have a balance. And uh, I think it was, I mean, I think it's missing. I think people want to look happy online, and they rather not be happy in real life. And I prefer to be happy in real life. So yeah, sometimes you gotta get off, man. Robert, I appreciate you, yeah, man. man. Um, so I want to give you the moment if you could tell the people what you got coming up and where they can find you and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, man, I got those records coming out, man. I, I really love you guys to check it out and give me your opinion. And I think I'm going to drop a lot of them on SoundCloud first and let people check them out. If you like them, man, I just ask you go and buy it. You buy the record. It's going to be on iTunes. It's on Tidal. It's on Spotify. So um, check it out and buy it. And come to shows, man. Support artists. Not just me. Support your friends that are culinary artists. Support you guys a sculptor, the guys a breakdancer, whatever man. Support you got money, man. And they talented. Not, if they not, if they whack, you ain't got to do it, man. I'm sorry, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not co-signing that, man. But you got somebody who's talented, man. And you believe in them, man. Help them out, man. Do something for them, man. It don't gotta be money, man. But you know, support artists, man, because we need real shit uh, in the city of Houston and everywhere, man. So uh, follow me on Robert Leroy Hodge uh, Instagram. It's the same thing for my website. dot com. Um, Twitter is the Hodge Show. Um, let's follow me, man, and engage and holler at me, and let's let's have conversations about working artists, man, living. Quick question: So I have Spotify, but I would want to support an artist. How do you? Is it better for me to buy the album, or do you still get the support? Absolutely, support buy the record. Spotify? Yeah, you should definitely buy the record. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, every little help, every bit helps, man. You know, and for what I do is not not really a tour attached to these records, man. They, they kind of like just art pieces that are out sonically, so. But, you know, money is made from touring. So, I mean, I really appreciate the sales. I mean, and uh, I have the vinyls out soon, too, so you can buy the vinyl. There being, uh, you know, the uh, the the camera carry it, the station. So, I, I'm having what art museums are carrying the record. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, man, just look out. Um, Robert Leroy Hodge, Instagram. That's the best way to catch up with me. Robert, I know you're a busy man. Yeah, so, man, I appreciate I you, you coming to join me. I thank you, man, and I'm thank humble. Thank you, man. So, I appreciate it. All right, man. Peace. Peace.